Welcome, my friends, to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode one, <laughs> one, I guess, my 15th overall, but I think we're going to start over here. Um, some extremely exciting news. I have signed with SB Nation and Liberty Ballers, and this is my first episode with them, and I legitimately couldn't be more excited about it. Yesterday, I kind of published the news and announced it. It's been something that's been in the works for the last couple of weeks. I, I could not be more excited. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But yeah, this is episode one. We're starting over. This is season two, baby. And uh, we've, we've got the SB Nation Liberty Ballers brand. I, I legit, I couldn't be more excited to be a part of this team. So we'll get into that. But this is, yeah, this is episode one. This is a new life. And I, I'm really, really pumped. It's been a bit. It's been a couple of weeks since I have been on here. Uh, mainly for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, I was working on this deal to get this thing pushed through. Another, my voice was completely gone. If you remember, I went to the University of Utah and Florida game at the Swamp, and I'll talk about that in a bit, but my voice was shot. It was gone. You couldn't you couldn't understand a word that I was saying because I wasn't making any noise. Couldn't that, That's not a good recipe for a podcast. So anyway, two weeks later, here we are. Turns out we've missed a lot. So we're going to recap a little bit. We're not going to have to dive too much into it because by now everybody knows all of the details about the Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers trade. What the hell? What what happened? Cleveland. Cleveland of all places. I'm sure this was exactly Donovan's reaction when he found out. Cleveland. He was expecting to go home, return with his family, penthouse living New York City Manhattan just living the dream and he is stuck in the mistake by the lake in Cleveland I think that's what people call it mistake by the lake I've never been to Cleveland but I hear I'm not missing out on much and again just to go from thinking you're going home to New York and playing for the Knicks at Madison Square Garden to realizing oh wow I'm going to the Cleveland Cavaliers what a shock I am sure he is absolutely stunned, and actually we know he was stunned because his press conference was on Wednesday, and he had some uh, he had some wild quotes, and I honestly, I mean, how bad can you actually feel for a player like that and going through it? Uh, I mean, he's making millions of dollars. You don't get to pick where you go unless you're a free agent. He's clearly not a free agent. He had a quote that said, once Rudy got traded, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I kind of had a feeling I was going to get moved. I thought it was New York. I'm not going to lie to y'all. He thought that that is where he was headed. And I'm uh, there. there's a several things that go into it. I said, and I've said it on almost every episode leading up to this, that I would have bet my life that he was going to the Knicks. I think everybody felt the exact same way. Everybody thought that's where he was headed. And he didn't. This makes you think there were reports that came out that the Knicks just straight up didn't offer enough or that they did offer a ton, a lot more to start and the Jazz said no. So it makes you think Donovan Mitchell is almost talking like, hey, there are bigger things that went into this. There, there are more reasons why I'm not back in New York than just, oh, Cleveland made a better trade package and offer. And it makes you think. It really does. I'm not one uh, for conspiracy theories, but I will say I was told by a source that the Jazz said, nope, we're not trading him to New York. And they didn't. They didn't trade him to New York. So 
I don't know. I don't know what went into it. I have no idea. I don't know if there was a bad falling out. I have no clue. Danny Ainge's comments, he had a press conference the other day, basically just said that when I got here, I saw a bunch of uninspired players who didn't play for each other, who were selfish and didn't want to play winning basketball, that they're just, he didn't see any of that and that he thought, oh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're waiting for the playoffs because clearly they're a great regular season team. Maybe they're just waiting for the playoffs to kind of get it together. And then we all know what happened and the Clippers beating them. And then last year, the Mavericks beating them. So Danny Ainge just was like, nope, we're shipping them out. And that's what he did. Now, I have mixed thoughts on this. I asked Jazz fans straight up if they were happy with it. I wanted to know what their thoughts were. Again, I live in Utah. I've got a lot of friends who are Jazz fans. And I wanted to know if they were happy with the trades, what their thoughts were. I wanted to know all of it. And I asked them, and I would say the general consensus, the overall feeling of everything is that Jazz fans were actually really happy with it. So that part made me happy. I felt good for them, but I don't, I don't know. I'm going to read some of them. I'm going to read some. We've got uh, T. Flenders, Tyler Flenders says, good riddance. He better thank Utah. Danny Ainge did a good job getting a good return. Jace Ross says, love Spida. Not going to have a player like him in a Jazz Uni for a long time, but a good return for it. I agree. We got Christian Newman who said, Jazz tickets are going to be way cheaper this year. That is true. Uh, Cassidy says, honestly, here for the rebuild. I respect that. Taylor Frost says, I'm glad we just committed to a full rebuild. Let's hope the Cavs hit a lottery pick. Not going to happen. Uh, I think the Cavs are actually going to be pretty nasty. They were nasty already, especially in the East. They can sneak in in that bottom, that bottom part of the East. But Darius Garland, I mean, Garland is nasty. And they're big guys. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, like they're a good team. So to add Donovan Mitchell, it sure makes it interesting. But that, that pick is uh, that pick's not lottery bound. Not at all. Uh, Morgan Flinders, Tyler's brother, says, nice return. Uh, we've got Tanner LeBaron, my guy, says, growing pains, I'm sure, uh, will happen, but sad to see Donnie go. Hope he thrives in Cleveland. Colton Brockbank, I mean, not surprised by Ainge and shitty. He doesn't feel good. Had another one of those reactions, too, by my guy Dylan Robinson. Logan Felstead, stoked. Uh, Drew Mulvey says, stoked about Sexton. Sad to see Donnie go, but I think it was time. Landon Shelby, he here's a good one. He doesn't like a single player that we got back. Don't understand why we don't get more picks if we're in full rebuild mode. So this makes this is a really good point. And I want to talk about this just before I get to a couple other uh, thoughts from Jazz fans. The Jazz two years ago were the best team in the league record-wise. Finished with the best overall record, number one seed in the West. They were great. This was the year with the the Clippers knocking them out. Um, And Terrence Mann going berserk and hitting all those corner threes. That was two years ago. They have had injuries that have really hurt them. Mike Conley's old, hurts his hamstring, gets hurt. You remember in the bubble? Conley's shot went in and out against the Nuggets. That goes in. Who knows what happens? Donovan gets hurt. His ankle's out. Like, there, there were real injuries that kind of, I think, played a big part in this. Yes, Danny Ainge came in and said, hey, these attitudes aren't cool. Bunch of players who don't like each other. 
he clearly knows more than we do, right? Because he's behind the scenes. But they were the best team in the league two years ago. You trade Rudy Gobert, multiple defensive player of the year winner, and defensive anchor, and you trade Donovan Mitchell, an all-star. Like, when are the Jazz going to be as good as they were two years ago with that roster? I mean, realistically, that's a great question. I don't, it's going to take forever. I have a close friend, Scott, who says at least eight years, maybe never. They hit a home run with Donovan Mitchell where they drafted him. Well, I guess traded for him, whatever. Did they draft him? I think they drafted, but traded for the pick. Anyway, they hit a home run. Nobody expected him to be as good as he was. Same with Rudy Gobert. Developed him into just an absolute dominant force. I don't love Rudy. But there's absolutely no denying how good he is on the defensive end of the ball. So it's very interesting, right? Because I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if they threw in the towel too early. I don't know if that team actually was legitimate, if they really had potential to go and do something, say that their guys stay healthy. Who knows? I mean, injuries are the name of the game and, and whoever it's the survival of the fittest, every single playoffs. So I get it. But I don't know. It just it it seems weird, especially because a lot of these draft picks that are coming back to the Jazz, they're not going to be great picks. The Cavs' first round picks are not going to be good. I mean, they're first round picks, so that's great. But they're not lottery picks by any means, and and they obviously know that. The Jazz know that. Maybe the Jazz, because at their roster as is right now, they're not like tanking, tanking. I would be shocked if. Bogdanovich, Clarkson, and Conley are on the roster uh, at the start of the season. But if they are, there's no way they are past the trade deadline. But that roster, as is right now, that's not like a tanking team. They're not going to be good, but they're not going to be the worst team in the league. No shot. So I don't know. I'm not sure what exactly they're looking to do. My guess is maybe they will have their own draft pick, right? And then package some of these other first-round picks, try to go get a superstar, towards the end of his contract, something like that, somebody who wants out. I don't know. They've clearly got a plan, and I am here to see it because I just it's, – it's weird and seems surreal that they actually blew it up and that they actually traded these guys. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, my guy, let's get back to these Jazz fans' thoughts because obviously they're the actual fans and they're the ones that matter. Colton Walcott says – this is a good point. I didn't think of this. It says a bummer to have the All-Star game here uh, this season as a subpar team. That's true. <laughs> that is a bummer. I did not think of that one bit. Right now, your star player is Clarkson? Yeah, probably. And and that's that kind of sucks to have a team in rebuild uh, mode and to dump their two All-Stars. And not they won't have an All-Star uh, for... The All-Star game. That's that's kind of a bummer. I didn't think of that. And then my boy uh, Taylor Lickey says, Ainge getting as many picks to get Bronny, to bring Bron to Utah and fulfill my lifelong dream. Can you imagine? That would be the coolest thing ever. Maybe that maybe that is a part of their plan. I have no idea. I do know that Ainge mentioned this in his press conference. The Jazz view this draft class and the next draft class as to, like, the, clearly, if you go all in here, you, you have a couple guys in mind who you are targeting imagine if they get Bronny we all know LeBron is going to play with with Bronny wherever he goes that would be awesome that would be awesome 
So for your for your sake, Taylor, I hope that happens. And for jazz fans' sake everywhere, I hope that happens. So yeah, it was absolutely crazy. I still can't believe it. I cannot believe that the Jazz actually traded Donovan. And I cannot believe that they actually traded him to the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's what I meant to say. The Knicks, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So to go, let, let's go back a little bit. As I mentioned, I went to the Utah-Florida game. Have to just talk about it. It was awesome. Obviously heartbreaking the way that Utah lost. March down the field at the end of the game only to throw a pick in the end zone on like the three or four yard line, wherever we were. Brutal. However, it was an amazing experience. It was so awesome. The Swamp is a place that, I mean, it's a bucket list place in college football. And if it isn't on your bucket list, you have to put it on your bucket list after this. You have to. It was amazing. Set some attendance record for their home opener. I want to say there's like 90,977 people. That was a very specific number. I'm just going off of my memory of the picture I took of it. I can't believe it. It was so much fun. Besides like a couple drunk frat kids who like got in my face and got my grandpa's face and were saying some profanity stuff. Everybody was so nice. We probably met 10 different couples who all welcomed us, asked us if this is how well Utah fans always travel like genuinely nice people. We even had one couple. We asked them where we could like a good spot to eat was. They walked us all the way across uh, campus and showed us a good spot. Like it, I, I have nothing but amazing things to say about Florida, about the experience, about the swamp. They sing Won't Back Down, Tom Petty's song, which I found out, by the way, kind of cool. I'm sure maybe people know this. I didn't know this. That's like their sweet Caroline, right? At Red Sox games, like their tradition. They, swing, they sing Won't Back Down by Tom Petty between the third and fourth quarter. All the fans, 90,000 of them, turn their flashlights on their phone on, and they sing. And it was so loud. It was the loudest stadium I've ever been in, not even remotely close. It was incredible. And them singing that song, it was awesome, amazing to see in person. And I learned they sing that song. Apparently Tom Petty was like a grounds crew member or something. And I don't know if it was when he passed away that they started this tradition and were singing that, but I want to say it was kind of a, a more recent tradition and it was amazing. It was awesome. The only thing I would change about that entire trip was I wish that the Utes obviously would have won and then having them lose to Kentucky week two does not help. Doesn't help at all. Looked like a completely different team, a completely different quarterback than what we saw against Utah. But anyway, let me just say that it was truly awesome. And if, the Swamp isn't on your bucket list as a college football fan. 1,000% put it on your bucket list because I promise you it's worth it. Promise. Now, speaking of Utah football, I've got to mention because I am at the very front of the Britton Covey hype train. Britton Covey, absolute stud, wide receiver, kicker turner from Utah, uh, went to University of Utah, was my favorite college player, and then got picked up by my favorite NFL team, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles. Dude gets called up, we trade Rager, gets called up, makes a practice squad, and then gets called up the day before the game to be the punt returner. It was so awesome, man. It was so cool seeing him out there in a Birds jersey. Shout out him too, by the way. I've tweeted a couple things that just saying like, hey, if I'm going to do this every game all season, and I am. If Covey scores a touchdown of any kind, I'm going to buy somebody who likes that tweet a written Covey Eagles jersey. And... I was doing this when he still had his practice squad number. He was number 41, which is hilarious and awesome. And I kept tweeting it. 
he literally hit me up. He followed me on Twitter and hit me up in my DMs just saying like, yo, dude, just saw, like I haven't been on Twitter going through camp and stuff. Just saw this. Heads up. Hold off on buying any jerseys. Like I'm going to change my number. Very cool of him to do because I was about to order like five different number 41 Covey jerseys. And uh, he ended up changing to his college number. Number 18 looks way better on him. And it was pretty awesome seeing him in his first game as, as an Eagle. And I might say he did his job. He had a, a one return of like 11 yards, which was awesome. It was great to see. But he made a huge play. And it was pretty cool seeing all Philadelphia and Eagles media react to it. Uh, he caught a punt when all the momentum was shifting back to Detroit. Caught a punt while he had a teammate bumping into him. Looked like he'd been returning punts in the NFL for 10 years. And that's exactly what you're going to get in Britton Covey. That's exactly what I've been saying on Twitter. And shout out him, man. For real. I'm trying to get him on here and we're going to make it happen. But he's my guy. And I legitimately couldn't be more thrilled that he is actually on the, the Birds roster. And shout out the Birds. I know it was the Lions and then they gave up way too many points. They looked great. A.J. Brown is a freak of nature. A freak of nature. Jalen Hurts looked like a franchise quarterback, and I legitimately think that this is the Eagles' year to make a real run. Stay healthy, make a real run. You got to get some answers very quickly on the defensive end of the ball, but man, A.J. Brown is unbelievable. The fact the offense did that, three different running backs had rushing touchdowns, Jalen Hurts had a rushing touchdown. A.J. Brown didn't even score a touchdown, but had a 10 catches, I want to say. And Devontae Smith wasn't even involved in the offense. Like, the, things are only going to get better. And uh, the division, especially with Dallas getting hurt, I thought this before uh, Dak got hurt, but the division looks like it's ours to take. So keep an eye on the birds. Absolutely love it. We're going to take a quick break. A couple words from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now, something else we have to talk about that happened, which is huge in Philadelphia uh, news here. The Sixers signed, they did end up signing a backup big, and they signed Montrez Harrell right after he cleared up all his legal stuff with the weed and all that jazz. The Sixers go sign him. Now, I feel like the majority of Sixers fans are anti this signing. I am on the opposite side. I am hyped about this. I'm pumped. Montrez Harrell is a good player. He's a smaller big, but he is a good player. 
Now, I understand why a lot of Sixers fans are on the opposite side of this, and I don't even think it has anything to do with Montrezl Harrell. I think it has everything to do with Doc Rivers, and Sixers fans are terrified that Doc is going to repeat what he's done and play Montrez in weird minutes, in minutes that simply he shouldn't be getting. And those are valid concerns. They really are. Keith, my guy, Keith Pompey, called this on last episode. He said that, hey, if there is one gap, one hole that this team's missing, it's a backup big, and they're going to make a move. We didn't mention Harrell, but I think this is a fantastic signing. It all will depend on Doc Rivers and what he ends up doing and how he staggers this and plays this. Look, we went from a team of nobody, no dogs, nobody who's going to get in the face if somebody fouls and beat hard. Nobody who's going to run up on somebody if Maxi gets taken out on a fast break. Now all of a sudden we have a roster full of them. And I love it. PJ Tucker and Harold, by the way, shout out my guy Sixer Sneakers. We're going to have to do a little segment here soon because between those two dudes, we probably have the two biggest sneaker heads in the entire NBA on, on the Sixers now, which is amazing. PJ Tucker, like the sneaker head. Has every pair of shoes you could possibly imagine. And Harold, we all know he loves his Iversons. He wears them all the time. I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. But anyway, I love it. I love the moves that we've made. I love our offseason. The fact that we didn't have like any wiggle room. We didn't have room to really do anything. And the fact that Daryl Morey, shout out, by the way, it's his birthday. Um, the fact that he was able to weasel this and that James Harden was able to restructure his contract, take less money. All of this is just like, it's all amazing signs. These are, it's quite literally, we could have never imagined we would have an offseason like this. People got to be happy. I understand the concern with Doc, but you have to be happy. If you look at our roster on paper, I am thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. I think Harold is going to be a fan favorite in Philly. PJ Tucker and Harold were literally made, I still think it's about Pat Beverly, were literally made to play basketball in Philadelphia. And they are going to embrace him and love him. And I can't wait to see it because, again, I'm calling this now. He's going to be a fan favorite from the get-go. I love how hard he plays. He has that Pat Beverly mentality. He's going to get some rebound and one scream. The crowd's going to lose their minds. And I can't wait to see it. Shout out, Harold. Doc, don't blow this, please, for the love of all that is holy. Do not blow this. Now, one other thing. I really, we, I kind of want to end on this. And I, I have to say, I am so unbelievably disappointed in the NBA and in Adam Silver. The way that they are handling this Phoenix Suns owner scandal report investigation literally couldn't be worse. And Adam Silver's quotes, which I'll go over in just a moment, were so bad and so disappointing. Like, I don't, I, I gave the NBA and I gave Adam Silver a lot of credit. I think everybody did. I think everybody agrees that Adam Silver is the best commissioner in all of sports. And if the whole Deshaun Watson thing happens, obviously, in the NBA, it's that it's a whole different story. But this is nuts. So for those who don't know, the Phoenix Suns owner was accused of all of these things. Giant list of things. It goes everything from saying racial remarks, like the N-word. I'm, I'm, Shams tweeted something about it with all of the... Things that he was proven he did. Saying the N-word at least five times when recounting statements of others. Made sex-related inappropriate comments about physical appearance of females. Inappropriate physical conduct towards men. Engaged in harsh treatment. Like, what 
on earth. The investigation included interviews with 320 people and evaluated over 80,000 documents. How on earth did the NBA decide to only suspend this dude for a year and fine him $10 million? What the hell? Again, I have given him so many props. I still think he's a great commissioner, but this is by far his low light as a commissioner. Like, not even close. As his tenure, this is going to be the black eye. When people look back on Adam Silver as commissioner, this will be the glaring black eye. I don't care if he comes out and they end up forcing him to sell now. The fact that he didn't do that right out of the gate, the fact that this investigation went on for as long as it did, is sickening. I'm going to read you some of these quotes. My guy, uh, Ben Golliver on Twitter, uh, tweeted all these. This is what Adam Silver says. Former Clippers owner Donald Sterling was guilty of quote-unquote blatant racist conduct directed at a select group of people, while Suns owner Robert, uh, how do you say his last name, Sarver? His comments were quote-unquote beyond the pale, but wholly of a different kind than Sterling's. Adam Silver said that there was no conversation about selling the Phoenix Suns. That this dude has, quote, evolved as a person during his 18-year ownership tenure and that he has done, quote, unquote, many very positive things in his role. Silver said, quote, in terms of future behavior, he's on notice. He knows that. Most of the inappropriate activity goes back many years. The Suns workplace is a very different environment today. No, 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 no. That is, he's been the owner for 18 years. Everything we've heard about this dude is bad. Everything. One of the reporters today asked Adam Silver, said, hey, like what's going on? If any of us in this room act this way at all, we lose our jobs. So like what what's going on? Why is this guy held to a different standard? And I get it. Look, he's an owner. He's got a ton of money. I understand that. But Silver just straight up was like, yeah, no, he's, he's held to a different standard. I mean, he's, he's an owner. Come on. Come on. So after this press conference, obviously everybody is super upset about it, and rightfully so. It's insane. But the NBA spokesperson, Mike Bass, had to give some clarification, trying to do some damage control. He said Commissioner Silver's answer to a question about the rights of the business owners did not mean to suggest that NBA players, team employees, and team owners are not held to the same standard of appropriate conduct. They absolutely are. If that's the case, then you know what to do. This isn't a hard decision. You know exactly what you need to do, and you need to do it. Players are starting to get outspoken about it. LeBron had a great tweet. Check it out. He And Chris Paul did the same. Like The league got this wrong. The league got it wrong. Do something. Do the right thing. And it needs to happen immediately. But again, no matter what, even if Adam Silver does make the right thing happen, makes the right decision, people will look back on this and say, what was he thinking? Why didn't he do this right out of the gate? Because that's what needed to happen. And it's a damn shame that it hasn't. So you guys know I'm always pumped about the Sixers. But here's a shout out for something else I'm super hyped about. Griffles Plasma. Yep, this is something that needs to be talked about. A lot of people depend on plasma donations. Patients, hospitals, and even people like me, broke college students. 
Okay, broke is a strong word, but back in the day, donating plasma legitimately helped me stretch my budget. And Griffles Plasma is a great go-to for extra funds. Why am I talking about plasma? Because it is one of the least known topics out there, but it is an important one. Why did the Sixers give DeAndre Jordan so many minutes last season? Okay, that one's still a mystery, but plasma makes medicines. A lot of people depend on these medicines. Giving plasma shows your good side. You can find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. When you donate, tell them Josh sent you. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? You tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. I don't know, man. I don't know. Really, really bothers me really, really bad. The NBA is better than this, and I say it all the time, but the NBA is not the NFL, and this was an NFL move. This, this is a move that Roger Goodell does. So come on, Adam Silver, do the right thing, but also shame on you for not doing this right out of the gate. Anyway, I had to talk about it because truly, truly shocking. That's all I've got. Again, I can't even tell you guys how excited I am about this opportunity to be joining SB Nation, to be joining the Liberty Ballers family. The Liberty Ballers are some, they're an account and a group of just insanely talented people who I have been big fans of for a long time. And to be able to just be under the same house as those guys is, I, I can't even put it into words. Cannot wait to see and show you guys what we've got in store. I've, I've alluded to it, but I've got, uh, we've got some big guests, some awesome Philly guests coming up, lined up. Uh, start next week. So look alive. As far as the giveaways go, we're not stopping. We're not slowing down. We're going to continue to go here. I have not been home in a while. Uh, I've been traveling for work, so I apologize. There are a couple giveaways I still need to send out, and I will be doing so this weekend. If you're listening to this and you won something, I know I've been in touch on Twitter or whatever, but I will be shipping out shortly, so be prepared. The University of Utah giveaway, I still haven't given it away, and uh, we're going to be doing that this weekend, so keep an eye out for that. Also, new giveaway, another Sixers giveaway will be announced here shortly, but I love it, man. I, I, I know I'd say something like this at the end of every episode, but truly not trying to sound all cheesy. Can't even, even put into words how blessed I am, how humbled I am, and how excited I am moving forward to be a part of this team again. I know I just said it, but like I, a dream come true, for real. Shout out to all my guys. Shout out to Jazz for, for even wanting and seeing the vision here, and uh, I can't wait to be a part of it. Can't wait to show you guys what we've got in store. That's really all I got. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Utah is going to absolutely kill uh, San Diego State this weekend, and I cannot wait for that. Uh, the Phillies are making a nice push right now. We're winning games. We got to get just let's get into the playoffs. That's all that matters. I, we're, we're slowly getting there, and I can't wait to see it. We need to continue to hit the ball like we're doing. It's great, and stay healthy. The Eagles, I cannot wait. The Vikings are coming back into Philly. All I think of is that dude's video, go birds, in that Vikings girl's face. Oh, can't. Well, I, I actually don't mind the Vikings. I just think it's hilarious that they go, they go do that hilarious skull clap at 
the rocky steps and then get all insulted when Philly fans get pissed at him. Like, come on. You put a literal target on your back. Idiots. And then we do the Foles chant and the skull clap. Classic. Eagles got them big. I know we're two-point favorites. I think we are going to blow the roof off at home on Monday night. I got the Eagles big. And calling it now, Covey is going to have a big return. A huge one. It's going to be the first game at home. People are going to lose their minds and see exactly what I've been preaching and what every University of Utah fan, and quite frankly, every Ohio State fan and every Pac-12 fan has seen for the last while. And I can't wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. We're getting super close to the Sixers season. NBA season's right around the corner. Camp's just in a couple weeks, so we're going to really dive into all things basketball. I'm so pumped, man. Yeah, This offseason's been great, but let's go. I am ready for the season to get here. I am ready. And I'm sure all of you are as well. Again, love you guys so much. This is amazing. If you haven't already, please go ahead and like and subscribe. These are new episodes. They're coming out now under the SB Nation Liberty Ballers uh, kind of umbrella. I'm going to need more reviews. I'm going to need more follows. I'm going to need anything you're willing to give me. I will take. Again, I say it every episode. One star, five stars, doesn't matter. Just appreciate all you guys listening. You guys are the best. I hope you have a fantastic week. And uh, that's all, folks.